Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Mainstream Boy. I'm your host Jonathan and today I'm joined by none other than our pal Spencer to talk about one of the most important films released so far in 2020. This week we go back to 1968 to witness a group of defendants charged by the federal government with conspiracy of inciting a riot in the streets of Chicago during the Democratic National Convention. With an all-star cast and the talented writer-director Aaron Sorkin, this is sure to be one of the better films in a year full of mediocre movies. Stick around for our discussion of The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, yeah, so Spencer, I think every week now, instead of being like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? I'm going to ask you, you know, maybe an insightful question, maybe a stupid question. But this week, my question is, if you could be any species of bird, <laughs> what would it be? I feel like you know my answer to this anyways. What, Golden Retriever? What the fuck? No. Oh. John, who who was one of my like best friends in Atlanta? Outside of my porch. Who did I always oh, have Reggie. come and visit? Reggie. Reggie. So Reggie you want the Red be, Cardinal. So you could actually like live your life with Reggie and Dude, it was amazing. Be... I literally saw like the entire life cycle of a Red Cardinal because uh yeah, outside of my living room was my porch and every now and then a red cardinal would come and visit. And then all of a sudden he had a, f- a female he had a family, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then I left for the holidays, came back like a month later, and guess what? There was little ones. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Holy shit, dude. Amazing. It was literally amazing. And so uh yeah, if I if I had to answer this ridiculous question, I guess I would go with a uh, red cardinal. Red cardinal. Yeah, that's a pretty yeah. well-known species of bird. There's a lot of sports teams that use it as their as their mascot. So that's a good bird, Spencer. Very mainstream bird, if I don't say so myself. So, everybody, welcome back to Mainstream Boy. Uh, me and Spencer get together uh, on Zoom every week. We watch uh, the very new release movies uh, that come out in theaters. But in this case, we have a nationwide or a worldwide pandemic, so we have to watch movies that are on streaming platforms. Um, but basically, we watch those films. Uh, we grab a giant huge massive coffee because they do sell those at theaters every once in a while for you know three four dollars they did we had a keurig remember and we grab a uh, a pretzel a big a big spiral pretzel that you have to wait in the lobby for because it takes like an extra 15 minutes for them to make it because nobody would possibly order a pretzel and some sour patch watermelon because why not you know we sit down, take our pants off, and uh, we we open the recliner and watch you know whatever new mainstream movie came out that week, and get on Zoom, talk about it, and you know maybe crack a few jokes along the way. So welcome back to Mainstream Boy, Spencer. How are you today? <sighs> Doing just great. Thanks for asking. Until now, right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I understand <laughs> yeah. where you're coming from. It's chill. It's chill. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, this week we are covering one film. Spencer did watch two, but I uh, I kind of just dismissed the fact that we had a second movie. It was what's it called? Gods and Monsters. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's okay. What it's called Brendan yeah. Fraser. Yeah, but this week we are going over <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the trial of the Chicago Seven, which uh, originally was supposed to come out in theaters on uh, well earlier this year. Uh, full Nation Ride movie came out in limited release on September twenty fifth and uh, produced by Paramount but um, came out nationwide on Netflix on October 16th. Spencer, uh, do you know any background on the uh, Trials of Chicago 7? Any, any reason why you're excited for the movie or 
Anything? I was mainly excited for the movie because of who was involved. I mean, you got Aaron Sorkin writing and directing, and this is his second debut as a director, or I guess not debut, but second directorial effort. Because yep. he did a uh, Molly's Game a couple years ago, which was actually pretty good. I liked it. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one or not, but no, I never got around to that one. But, he's mainly yeah. acclaimed for his writing, obviously, because he did The Social Network, and yeah, I think he won the Oscar for that screenplay. Uh, he did Moneyball, and he's done some other great, a uh, few good men. So I mean, he's he's made some really great movies uh, and stories. Uh, so this one, I've I've didn't really know much about the incident, like the trial of the Chicago Seven. I mean, maybe a little bit in history class, mm. but it's been a long time, and I, I definitely didn't know like a lot of the details. So it was good to know a little bit about it, but I definitely would suggest kind of researching on your own a little bit afterwards as well, just to, just to you know get your own opinions and you know. Uh, facts yeah. and whatnot, but but mainly I was I just knew the uh, the technical like kind of like behind the scenes like the cast like was like a massive it had like a great cast and uh, Aaron Sorkin obviously writing and directing uh, and yeah Netflix so it was pretty easily accessible so yeah I, I was definitely looking forward to checking it out and it's it's got some big Oscar uh, contention so absolutely we'll yeah, see yeah, it yeah. maybe pop up in the Oscars this year but yeah interesting interesting but yeah cool. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, for uh, all you guys who don't know, uh, the film is called The Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, follows the Chicago 7, a group of anti-Vietnam War protesters charged with conspiracy and crossing state lines with the intention of inciting riots at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Uh, in the film, we follow along with various members of the Chicago 7 who claim to have little relation with each other aside from the events that took place during the riots. We also follow along with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Uh, he plays the lead prosecutor, uh, Richard Schultz, uh, and he's kind of plagued with the task of kind of painting a picture of these people to be these awful left-wing anti-war protesters, and the attorney general at the time wants to put them behind bars for... The maximum sentence, uh, no more, no less, of 10 years. There's a lot going on other than that, but like Spencer said, this was written by Aaron Sorkin back in 2007. Initially, uh, was supposed to be directed by Steven Spielberg um, with mostly unknown actors, but due to the writer's strike at the time, which totally ruined season six of Dexter, um, and some budget concerns, Spielberg ended up dropping out, and Sorkin took over in 2018 to film this movie. Did you know that, Spencer? I did not know that. That's oh. an interesting bit of trivia, but yeah. uh, that makes sense. I can definitely see this being kind of like a Spielberg movie. I can see, I can yeah, see him absolutely. kind of tackling something like this if he had done it. That would have made sense, but interesting. Yeah, that would I maybe would have had some different tones, maybe a little bit lighter. I don't know, maybe. But uh, Spielberg, we'll he worked yeah. with uh, Mark Rylance, who's in this movie, so that's that's a little bit of trivia for you with British Spies, right? Spielberg did that. Yeah, he won the Oscar <laughs> for <Okay>. it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Mark Rylance. And, yeah, so this movie is peppered with a lot of uh, um, Oscar nominees slash winners. Yeah, we can get right into the cast. We have Eddie Redmayne in here, who is a Best Actor uh, winner. We also have Alex Sharp, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong, John Carroll Lynch, Noah Robbins, Daniel Flattery. Uh, one of the really the really good performances of this movie was by uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen. Probably butchered that, but he plays the uh, the national chairman of the Black Panther Party. And we do have Mark Rylance, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Keaton, and Frank LaGiglio, who plays the judge. So a huge cast in this movie. A lot of big performances playing some huge historical figures. What were your kind of initial thoughts uh, going into this movie? Initial thoughts. Um, Okay, so I pressed play. 
and saw that it was two hours and 11 minutes. I was like, okay, interesting. Yeah. And then about 20 minutes in, I realized, oh, this is going to be a courtroom drama. Like, this yes. is mainly <laughs> going to take place in, inside this court with, like, uh, everyone on trial and this judge who was just a massive prick. Hated this guy so much. Terrible human being. Um, but regardless, I was like, okay, interesting. But with really good editing, I just was hooked from beginning to end. Like, this movie honestly flew by. And it just, with really good performances and just really, like, pitch-perfect editing. Like, it just, from flashing back to, like, the actual incident to, like, the like going back on trial... Uh, it was just really fascinating to see the story unfold in the way that it did. Um, so if it gets a Best Editing nomination, I could definitely see that happening. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's well-deserved. Yeah, no, I could absolutely see that as well. I think the pacing of this movie is something that it really has going for it. Because it is a courtroom drama, you know, unless you're a huge fan of fan of like Law & Order or something. Maybe that's maybe that's not your thing. But this movie is entirely tension-filled and engaging. It... it uh, it goes kind of back and forth between the courtroom and the events that kind of took place leading up to the the trial um, and kind of just slowly unravels those events and, and what took place in Chicago Park and on the streets of Chicago with the riots and the police brutality and all of that. And this movie is definitely incredibly relevant for this time, although it's about events that took place back in the late 60s. Um, but you know, it's all about the same oppression that happens with, uh, kind of the Black Panther party and, um, the, the very, the left wing people who, you know, are trying to make a difference and stuff and the government just wants to silence them. Right. And, and I think so this... there's a, there's a quote kind of going around with the release of this movie from Aaron Sorkin himself saying mm -hmm. that he made this movie about today, even though it takes place in 1968 like he was, <laughs> he, he was saying he's like this movie is meant for today like that's really what i was like representing uh so he's the filmmaker himself is admitting that uh, so that's why wow. it feels like that because it, it very much does like it's on the nose like holy shit like this is it's, literally it, what happened like a couple of months ago it's fucking nuts so. it's insanely relevant uh, you know yeah. especially when it comes to the police brutality um basically they're yeah. what what the the prosecutors are trying to do is is paint the uh, the protesters as the reason why the riots happened instead of kind of admitting fault with the police officers, which that's literally exactly what's happening today. So um, nobody wants to take the blame. Everyone wants to point the finger. But let's be real. Police are clearly um, they all have baseball bats and batons and, and they're beating the shit out of these people who have no way to defend themselves. So and I think this movie does an incredible job at showing the brutality in there and kind of the miscarriage of justice that takes place in the courtroom. And like you said, the judge is all fucking dick who goes in with this preconceived notion that he is basically painting these guys as criminals. So yeah. Yeah. And the performances, <laughs> everyone is on like, is literally bringing their a game. Joseph Gordon Levitt, honestly, like I thought he was really good in this role as well. I mean, we haven't seen him act in a very long time, so it was nice kind of seeing him make a little return the last this year. Film? Was he in I mean, uh, Edward Snowden, or I think it was just called Snowden? That's that the was last like his... movie we saw. I don't think I watched yeah. that. Been I haven't seen the it. Lion, no, the but it was 2014. Jesus, uh, yeah, that, that was the year before. But yeah, I mean, he he took a, a little break. Um, but he was really good. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was was really good in. The, well, his accent kind of bothered me. Like he was trying <laughs> to portray a like a Massachusetts guy, but 
just it was too much of his own accent i think slipped into the role and so that took me out of his character just a little bit but um okay. i thought he was really good um and eddie redmayne of course uh, i mean he's won the oscar he is a really good performer but it was so interesting that they took eddie redmayne and they put him in a scene with michael keaton think about that do you remember what happened between them yeah uh they what were happened? they they were in a scene at Michael Keaton's house, and there were... Okay, no, no, not the scene between okay. <laughs> Michael Keaton and Eddie Redmayne in real life. Do you remember what happened? Should I know? In 2015. W- okay, was well, it at the Oscars? Anyways, it was at the Oscars. Okay, so basically, I everyone was saying that Michael Keaton was going to win Best Actor for Birdman. Great performance. Uh, amazing performance. And, like, he literally stands up and, like... Uh, or I don't know what happens exactly, but... Uh, he thinks he's going to win essentially, but the, oh, all of a no. sudden there's an upset. It's Eddie Redmayne for Theory of Everything, and so there's a, there's a little shot where um, Michael Keaton is tucking away his Oscar speech like into his jacket after oh. like the announcement of Eddie Redmayne, and he starts clapping for Eddie. And there's a scene though in this movie where there's it's Eddie Redmayne and Michael Keaton, and they're having like a little like stare off. Yeah. Behind a desk, and then Eddie Redmayne's like like I don't know leaning against leaning the against door. the door or something. Yeah, and I'm like. That's all I could think about the entire time. I don't know because I'm just ridiculous like that with like the trivia, but it was just so funny that they uh, kind of included that. I mean, they're bound to work together. They're both really good actors, and obviously, there's no bad blood between them. It's just kind of just a funny thing that was that I noticed during this movie. Yeah, I don't think the actors have as much of a uh, a competition between each other as we might think as viewers, but they definitely do paint a picture with the Oscars to, uh, you know have some sort of can you imagine though it's so prestigious like how could you not i mean you can't ever let it show but like how could you not like especially like think of like amy adams and stuff too like she's been nominated like seven times uh bradley cooper has been nominated eight times and really bradley cooper yeah not all for acting i mean he got nominated for like best picture producing on american sniper still yeah uh, star is born blah, blah blah writing and um regardless nominating nominated eight times seven times and just like not Number winning one. and just yeah. being like fuck like come on like leonardo dicaprio like his whole career roger deakins like, dude. oh when is he gonna yeah exactly him too everyone was like <laughs> oh when they're gonna finally win the oscar and then when they do it's like standing ovation they all go nuts because it's so like prestigious and i don't know they like it but then everyone makes the argument back. oh it's a career oscar he shouldn't have won that year that this performance was better that than that one that also happens that also happens too like that that's the argument with Al Pacino with uh because his he was nominated for uh like Godfather and uh Dog Day Afternoon and some other What did he win great for roles. The, Oh, Son of a Woman. He won for Scent of of yeah. yeah Scent of yeah. a Woman, which was like <laughs> I guess I've never seen it, but I guess it's not like literally it's not his best performance, but it was just yeah, like a career Oscar like all right. We'll with Leo though, I feel like Re- Re- Revenant, oh, Revenant or Deserves. I really hope Jake I, Gyllenhaal I gets deserved. his career Oscar at some point because what the so, fuck, man? That's the biggest miscarriage yeah, of justice outside of this fucking movie. He's due for an Oscar win, absolutely. Uh, no, he definitely is. But yeah, I think that this movie just builds tension incredibly well from inside the courtroom. You are constantly just like foaming at the teeth, fuming for these the defense who's just trying to build some sort of case. And the second they get any type of evidence leaning toward them that might help them the judge just fucking dismisses it he's like yeah no we're not gonna bring the jury in for that uh no that not relevant to the case it's like what the hell was going on back then it's almost like the justice system is just is just geared to 
to beat you regardless of who you are. So um, it was it was painful to watch at times, but I mean the film's incredibly well done. Like it really, really is uh, from the acting. Sasha Baron Cohen's performance, I think he's great. You don't see him in a lot, and I think he he did a really good job in this movie. Um, I didn't just see Sasha Baron Cohen. Like I saw that that character and kind of what he was trying to do. So um, out of the out of the entire cast, um, th- there isn't really a lead actor. So like it's I can't really predict like a lead acting nomination in any uh anywhere in this movie i mean i guess maybe you can make the argument for eddie redmayne or mark rylance to be the lead but regardless i feel like this would be a big supporting uh kind of some nominations so out of this cast who do you think would get the supporting nomination you know it's tough i i'd like to say sasha baron cohen um but honestly dude i think who deserves it most would have to be uh yaya abdul mateen i think that he he definitely gives an insanely good performance and kind of goes through the most awful parts of this movie the guy is just completely painted to be this criminal from beginning to end uh you don't see him as much for the end of the movie but you know they the scenes with him were just were just insane so I, i could see the biggest push for him yeah. Uh, for the best supporting actor nomination, and definitely I could see maybe Eddie or even Sasha kind of campaigning. Mark but Rylance I think was also really and Mark good. Rylance, he yeah. was he was he's always really good, and but he's always kind of like he's got the same like level of voice in all of his roles. <laughs> like he's kind of just like, oh yeah, oh, oh, okay, I guess he's great. He yeah, really I guess is great we'll though. Go over over there, <laughs> <laughs> like but like he's a really good actor. Like he's yeah. fantastic. He's, I feel he's like great, he'd be but... such just like a nice old guy to hang out with for yeah, like some exactly. tea on like a Sunday afternoon. I never saw the BFG, but I mean, like, I feel Dude, like it's it so just, fucking good. It's perfect casting, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, the BFG is <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> if I had to like get some faults or some nitpicks with this movie, I do feel like it's a little hokey, a little cheesy, especially towards the ending. I don't know, like the whole third act just kind of seemed very like. Oscar Beatty. I don't know how to really describe it, but it, it it seemed like they were reaching a little bit too much to be like, look at us, like feel something. But I don't know. But I don't know how to exactly explain it. But it definitely felt a little cheesy at times, uh, especially towards the ending. I, I felt that's where I saw it the most. Can you think of a specific scene? Because I'm trying. I'm a hard trying to remember the like the end of the movie. I guess right now. Okay, so uh, mainly when he's like. Uh, it was Eddie Redmayne's like what like your last thing that you like do you have anything like you you can say and like I don't want to spoil oh the movie, okay 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 but yeah 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 I see what you're saying I wonder if that actually yeah. happened like um, I, I'm sure it did because I think they all did serve five years I think that it did say that but you think do you think he actually did what he did in the courtroom at the end of the film Oh, I don't know. It just the scene itself, the way maybe the scene, it, it just felt very like, oh my god, this is very over the top and like. Cheesy. It seemed a little displaced from everything else going on. Like I That's would have expected a different type of speech rather than just like what he did. So, but yeah, still, I, I mean, I, it's, I it's, it's great. It was, it was, it was like I don't know. It was definitely great intentions, but I don't know. Just the scene itself, it didn't come across as like realistic as the rest of the movie did i mean because some of the riot scenes were, were like holy shit it got kind of yeah. violent and intense at times and job well done there but um yeah i mean it, this is definitely a really good movie 
Uh, and if it's on Netflix, I definitely think it's one of the better ones to check out um, out of all the other ones that are out there right now. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think I think this is just, you know, uh, in 2020, we've had a lot of medi- mediocre films. We've had, you know, definitely some movies that have surprised, surprised me a lot where we have a very limited selection. But there's there's been a few like Unpregnant, Spontaneous. Wolf of Snow Hollow. Wolf of Snow Hollow. There's, there's definitely been some out there that... You know, maybe we would have watched anyway, but these wouldn't have come out. Palm you know, Springs. maybe they would have come out in theaters, but it's yeah, a lot of a lot of films have surprised me. But this is kind of the one that you expect, like couple films like this every single year to come out. We're in around. Oscar season right now. Yeah, this is the Oscar season time. And Absolutely. There's supposedly a lot more that are going to be coming out uh, to streaming because how else are you going to go and see them this year? Yeah, it is how it is these days. I I think that. This is just how we're going to have to watch these movies, the Oscars. I mean, who knows how that's even going to happen. You can't have the Oscars like you normally would, but... I mean, they're delayed a little bit. I think they're going to be in April. So the deadline, one I month think, is delayed. now in February. And they are allowing movies that premiered streaming, uh, VOD, drive-in exclusives. Like, so like basically all movies qualify Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're they're letting drive that happen in this exclusives. year. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's what they just recently said. Like any movies playing at drive-ins are gonna be like allowed. But nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. I I will agree. What would you What would you give this movie overall before I give my final thoughts? I haven't graded it yet. I've been kind of just waiting to see what this discussion did for me. Uh. Okay. So I think I'm gonna lean towards a four out of five. I think this is a really good movie. This is a great movie. I would even say. Um. And it's worth watching. Uh, it's very relevant to today. It has really good performances. Uh, I think the editing the editing is really, really good. Uh, and that could be maybe getting some Oscar nominations. Uh, some other nominations, I could maybe see Best Adapted or Best Original or Adapted Screenplay. I, I don't know if it was based It'd on be adapted. I'm, sh- I mean, I'm sure it it's is. A, yeah, it's, it's a gotta book. be adapted. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Best Adapted Screenplay. I could see that happening. And maybe some Best Supporting Actor nominations squeezing in there. So yeah, I mean, if you have a Netflix subscription, I'm sure you do. I'd say check this one out. This is a very good movie. Yeah, I, I think this movie is just super relevant for our time. It's kind of the first political courtroom thriller or whatever to, to come out uh, this year. Um, you know, it, it's 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 kind of the uh, the culmination of 2020 in a way, going back to 1968 and seeing these events that took place and kind of the miscarriage of justice and uh, police brutality. Um, very relevant, but I think overall the film is insanely well done. The pacing's great. The writing's really good. Uh, to keep you entertained in a courtroom drama, the writing has to be good, and it's really good. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the acting, Sacha Baron Cohen, uh, Mark Rylance, Eddie Redman, uh, just everybody involved was really was really great. So I would actually give this a four and a half out of five. I think it's, you know, it's one of those movies. It's not one of those political dramas that, I would be like, no, I can't ever watch that again. Like, I'm, I might watch this again if somebody wants to sit down and watch it. I'd probably do it. It's only a little bit over two hours, so I think it's definitely worth checking out on Netflix. It's a really good film. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's the uh, the one and only film on Mainstream Boy this week. Uh, we do have a few bonus episodes coming up in the near future. Uh, probably the the next one you guys will see will be uh, about the haunting of Blind Manor. Uh, where we're going to kind of review a do a spoiler filled review of that entire series. I still need to watch the entire thing. Spencer, I believe has seen all of it, uh, but that should be out it's on fading. November 21st. It's fading. Well, November, we're going to talk about November it. I've been 21st. very busy. I'm uh, October. 21st. Yeah. It's going to come out in like three months. No, it's going to come out on October 21st. 
and we're going to talk about it, and it's going to be great, and you're going to fucking love it. And we're also going to be talking about uh, the uh, you know the Amazon Prime Blumhouse original films with can, Sydney Sweeney. Can we not? Can we not do that? We're doing <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> I watched them. We're doing it. We're talking about Nocturne. We're talking about Evil Eye, The Lie, and uh, Black Box. So we get to sit down and talk about all four of those movies. That should be and an you've hour. you've seen all of them. I've seen everything but Evil Eye. I don't even want to watch. That's I'm the same as you, but I don't even want to watch Evil Eye. After I don't know nothing about the, it. After the three that we've watched so far, I don't even want to fucking watch the last we one. We have to. We have to fill the house, Why man. Why do we do it? You know? <sighs> I'll probably watch it tonight, to be completely honest. Probably watch it tonight. So and sit down, you, you, grab Brooke, mm-hmm. watch the damn movie. No. <laughs> you have to. You have you have to. This you is can mainstream do it by yourself. Boy. No, this is fucking mainstream I'll boy. I'll take a pass. Well, I mean, like, what are we watching next week for mainstream boy? I don't fucking know. I don't know. You don't fucking know? Do I you can't want me think to tell that far them? ahead. Yeah, sure, thank you. Go for it. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, dude. Okay, so we have a remake coming out on Wednesday. This oh, Wednesday. Yeah. Wait, what remake? Uh, it's called Rebecca. The remake stars Lily James and Army oh. Hammer. It's a remake of an Alfred Hitchcock movie, one of his only movies to win Best Picture. No so, shit. Uh, I have never even seen Rebecca, so I might even watch the uh, original, and then I might do a little double feature. Might little mm-hmm. uh, have some context. You so won't. that that's gonna come out, and also we have a Borat too. Come on, dude. <sighs> Borat I know. I, that's, Amazon Prime. I, I suck. This I Friday. Have thought of that. Yeah. I haven't seen the first one probably since like it came out in 2006 or seven. Like I was so young when I watched it. I was far too young when I watched it, and I haven't Same. seen it since. <laughs> so I don't know if this humor is even going to work for me anymore. But regardless, I've heard some really good things from people who have seen it. So uh, I I'm excited. I just I think laugh. especially with that movie, we're just gonna experience it in a whole new way because i i kind of remember my reaction but then again you're right we were probably like what 12 13 14 years old yeah exactly. but i so. i think i saw it like six or seven times like it was like such a, a i've only a seen it once and then, the then maybe in clips yeah so it's yeah we'll we'll see <laughs> i don't know they shot it i mean during the pandemic so damn well it's pretty recent that should be exciting, very current. Uh, but yeah, that's what you guys have to look forward to for next week. A lot of a lot of fun stuff coming up. But uh, go check out our, last week's uh, those movie dudes episode where we go over Spooktober week three. We do have one more week coming up where we're gonna go over some more spooky films. Uh, but that's gonna do it for Mainstream Boy. I'm Jonathan, Mainstream Boy. This is Spencer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Toodles. Quack quack. Thanks for listening to Mainstream Boy. Make sure to head over to our Instagram and follow us if you haven't already. We're trying to get to 500 followers by the end of 2020, so if you enjoy the show, spread the word. Next week, we have one hell of a lineup, and stay tuned for a bonus episode later this month. It's coming up, guys, where Spencer and I will dive into the four Blumhouse new release films. Stay safe, everyone, and wash your fucking hands for the love of God. Duck, hey. quack, quack.